And we're live. Welcome, everybody, to the first episode of What We See. My name is Connor Dunhu, and I'm speaking in a strange radio voice, but uh, I'm joined by my colleagues, Charlie Jobson and Graham Woolley. Uh, this is sort of a brainchild of myself and Charlie over the last couple of weeks. It's unscripted. It's uh, live. And it's just a conversation, really, about what we see and what's going on in our world in SAP. So just a bit of background about myself before I introduce my colleagues. Uh, as I said, I'm Connor Dunhue. I'm Irish, as you can probably tell by my accent. And I've recently moved over to London just, what, two months ago now? Two, three months ago. And, yeah, I'm in a new country, working with new people. And I'm very excited to be here. But I've been with SAP about a year and a half before that. And prior to that, I spent about seven or eight years working as an accountant in various finance roles from... Uh, professional services, being in one of the big four, to going into banking for a while, and then more into a pharmaceutical world. So I've had a broad sort of experience to date, but now I'm in the software IT world, and I'm really enjoying it, and going out there meeting loads of different customers and companies and business challenges, and that's what gets me going nowadays. A bit of a funny fact about me. Uh, Charlie has an idea of what I was going to say, but I'm not going to say that. <laughs> uh, I'm going to say that in my spare time, I enjoy playing the drums. Wow. Wow, look at that. Who's loving that? Drum yeah. roll, please. Yeah. So, uh, Charlie Jobson, uh, so I've been with SAP for about three years now, so specialising uh, in sort of ERP and finance space, working in the services industry. Uh, so, you know, really excited to start kicking off this podcast series. We've got a very special guest. Uh, who I'll let introduce in just a second. Connor was very keen to do a fun fact each, because you know that's fun podcast nowadays. So I've been skydiving five times, and I'm going to pass over to our special guest, Graham Woolley. Sorry, before we introduce Graham, Charlie, we, we said we would not mention technical jargon. We wouldn't mention ERP. So first well, off, he's one red cross fail. already. One red <laughs> cross. Yeah, Charlie's fine with it. So hi everybody, my name is Graham Woolley. Um, I'm the, the senior talent representation on the, on the panel this morning. Um, I actually started in uh, IT um, 35 years ago at uh, Hewlett Packard, left them, ran my own IT company for over 20 years and I spent the last six years at SAP and loving it. Um, fun fact, uh, being a bit more mature, kids have grown up and left home so I'm now reliving my youth and just come back from a holiday in Ibiza, clubbing it at, with, <laughs> with David Gesser. So. Nice one, Graham. And uh, yeah, so myself and Charlie, I'd like to thank Graham for joining us today. You know, special <laughs> guest. It was a yeah, veteran of the industry. We had it's to. It's very nice to have him. We, we didn't want to reveal it too early because, uh, you know, we didn't want to give the game away for, I mean, you know, a lot of people registered who were very interested to hear who we're going to have, and I don't think they'll be disappointed now. No, absolutely not. So, okay, so moving on then, just to give people a bit of background on what we're going to be talking about and what we're not going to be talking about, sort of setting the ground rules of this new podcast. And, you know, as we're on this platform today. We're going to be intend to move this onto other podcast platforms, you know, the usuals, the iTunes, Spotify, wherever else you get your podcasts. We'll cover them all, Anchor, Lemur, everything. So... When designing this, we sort of wanted to make, we didn't want to make a corporate, we don't want to be technical, I'm going to be light-hearted and sort of humorous. And 
most of all, we want to keep our jobs after this, so <laughs> we don't want to get fired as a result. So we don't want to be, you know, saying disparaging remarks about our competitors, A, because that's not fair, because they're not in the room to defend themselves, and it's too easy. And, you know, we're not those that type of people. We're, we're classy guys, and uh, we want to play fair. Graham is looking slightly nervous at the moment, though. He, he, Am he, I? He came, <laughs> he came armed with a lot of... Yeah. I've never been called the special guest. <laughs> we want to keep swearing to a minimum uh, at all because this is going out very early in the morning. Although it will be recorded so you can consume it at any time. And we don't say anything inappropriate. So there are a few of the, the ground rules. I hope everyone understands those and has an idea of what to expect. We don't really know where this conversation will go. We'll have a few ideas. But, uh, yeah, we'll just sort of crack on. And considering that we have the sort of three guys in the room, we thought we'd have three different the stages in their career. I thought that would be a good place to start in that, you know, we've all we've been working for different lengths of time, been in different companies. This is Charlie's first ever job. And uh, he comes from an interesting background, <laughs> academic-wise. So... There's a bit of diversity in the room, and these, these days diversity is front and center of all business uh, agenda, from you know ethnicity, gender, what are the you know race, background, skill set, mindset, education. You know diversity encompasses all things, and it is a hot topic. So with that, I just want to open up the conversation and say to or maybe pass it to Graham. First of all, I'm saying, what have, in, in the time, over the last few years, you know, in your career to date, what has been the main source of change that you've seen? Or, you know, in terms of the workforce around you, what's changed? Yeah, well, I mean, that's a really interesting question because in IT, when I started out, I was, you know, probably your age is about 26, 27. Mm. There were no old people. I'm a bit older than that, Graham, thanks. <laughs> I'm a bit younger than that. Yeah. <laughs> But there, there were no old people in IT, because IT was a, a young industry. I think there was one guy in the office who was probably 40, who we thought of the, of the old guy in the office. But mm. it was all young people, and, and that was great, very exciting. Over the years, I've actually sort of seen, obviously, as, as young people have now matured. And I think we at SAP, like a lot of companies, hit that problem. We had a lot of older people in, in the company, and we, we just weren't bringing through the young talent, talent, which is why we now have initiatives to try and bring young mm. people in. And I think the other thing that's changed is, bizarrely, we keep hearing about the sort of the, the, the number of women in the workplace. And uh, when I started out in IT, all those years ago, there were a lot of women in IT. And over the years, that number actually reduced. And, you know, now we're obviously coming back to getting more women in the workplace. Mm. So that's, that's the change I've seen. Mm. And change for the better? Change for the worse? Well, it? yeah, it's obviously for the better from my point of view because... As I say, when I started, there was no old people in IT, mm. and you literally thought you'd be out of a job at 40. Yeah. Um, so, Graham, you, a great career. you mentioned, all, obviously, the early talent programs SAP have got. Yeah. Myself, I went through uh, something called the Sales Academy, so that's an early talent graduate program. You know, what do you think has you been... You used the word talent loosely there, but... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> kind of talent. What do you think have been sort of the pros and cons of working with people like me in the office? Um... 
tough question, actually. Be honest, be honest. I mean, I mean the, the crazy thing is, you know, you guys obviously bring a lot of energy into into what's happening. You know, SAP has changed for the better since there's a lot of young people. And, and it's strange for me because, you know, you're the same age as my children. So, you know, it's, sort of, mm. it's very easy to get on with you. But, but yeah, no, it's, it's, it's made a big change. And it's great seeing everybody. And, you know, one of the other things we'll talk about is, you know, you know, people are different, have different skills and, mm. you know, you bring in the energy, mm-hmm. we bring in some of the maturity stuff. And what do you think, Charlie? This yeah. being your first job, is this what you expected a, an established blue chip IT company would be like when you walked in the doors? So, I don't know, it was, it, was a, it was a bit of a crazy phase, leaving university, going to the big bad world, starting to look for my first job. Um, but you, you, were, you wanted to be a Jurassic Park hunter? Yeah, I'm sure. I'm, I think I've probably got a few friends uh, tuned in. So, I actually studied anthropology and archaeology, so directly related to uh, software and IT. Uh, but, you, you know... Huge fan of T-Rex. Favourite dinosaur? Huge fan. Uh, Favourite dinosaur was absolutely Diplodocus, 100%. 100%. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, but, you know, when you step out and when you graduate, you start to look for roles. I, I was surprised by how many big IT firms didn't have graduate academies. So SAP was one of really the only, so it was, you know, a front runner in that space. Hmm. Um, and going through the program, obviously, the quality of the training, the people that you work with, shadowing, you've got people like Graham, who's been in the industry for 30 plus years. So, you know, shadowing them, getting them to mentor you was so important hmm. in the, like, the uh, early stages of your career. Hmm. Um, so that's been really, really enjoyable, for sure. Mm. Yeah, and I think I think one other thing I would say is that sort of being more mature, we talk about diversity in, in the workplace. You know, people have everyone has different skills. You know, mm. I'm never going to be a marathon runner, I'm never gonna run a four minute mile. Mm. Everybody has different skills. Don't look at me like that. <laughs> <laughs> I won't either. <laughs> but but you know, I've, I've, the the thing is you learn that everybody has different skills. When I ran my own business I had three of the top programmers you could ever meet and they None of them could really string a letter together. You know, I had to check everything. They didn't know what full stops and capital letters Hopefully were. Hopefully they're not listening. Hopefully they're not listening. <laughs> well, they, I, they but, spoke in binary code. But, but, they, but somehow they managed to be do mean coding and get yeah. it all right. So, you know, you have to look. People have different strengths. Mm. I think within a, a, com- a large company, that's the great thing, is you yeah. find people who can complement you and yeah. you know what your weaknesses are. You know, um, and you actually find people who complement that. Yeah, I suppose you're, you're not going to be a successful business if you're hiring people who all of the same background, all yeah. of the same skill set, all of the same mindset, you know, it's just not going to yeah. do anything creative or innovative. Yeah. And I, and I think the other thing is meeting with customers. I think it's great going in with someone young and someone a bit more mature because mm-hmm. one of you is going to hit it off with the, the customer and yeah. one's probably not. And yeah. sometimes, you know, it just works both well. You've got both in the Yeah. Room. And I think it's important, you know, when you're going in and meeting with customers with different age groups, it's just changing perceptions because, you know, yeah. some people used to... SAP being a bit of behemoth, but yeah, I, mean, yeah. I think we're bringing new, fresh perspectives into mm. our customers, which I think has been really valuable so far. Yeah, Speak, think, yeah. So uh, even on that, like Charlie is there wearing his cloud and proud SAP T-shirt. The first one made the uh, the error of wearing Hawaiian shirts to the office, so I got absolutely slated by everyone. So we'll not be doing that. <laughs> so come on, I'll put you in the hot seat. Obviously, you've got an accounting background, a thrilling profession, very exciting. Mm. You know, what have you seen uh, as the key changes coming into IT? Main changes. To be honest, business is business, as they say, and you know, oh, S- oh, SAP is a big business, and you know, everyone, every business has a P and L, and it applies no matter what industry you're in. And if it's 
you know, just in the, I'm in a slightly different capacity into what I was before, where I was looking at the numbers and analysing the numbers and forecasting numbers before it. Now I'm responsible to generate the numbers. So it's a different mindset, but all the same principles apply. And you know, everyone lives or dies by their P and L, no matter if you're the finance guy or the sales guy. Yeah. And uh, so yeah, not. It's just a, a different skill set day to day, yeah, but you're still sort of doing the project management thing, you know, if, if you're working on a number of different uh, opportunities with a number of different customers, you're sort of juggling a few a few plates, trying to keep them plates spinning. And that's no different to in previous roles if when you've doing month end, quarter end, QBRs. So maybe let me phrase it differently. Why why did you want to get into IT? Why did I want to get into IT? Probably this is like an issue now. Why is this? Yeah. Why is this <laughs> <laughs> turned into? Why did I want to get into IT? Uh, why did I want to get into IT? Because probably I saw it as a growing industry, and you know, with all the talk of automation in the workplace, AI. Not going to mention any more buzzwords or jargon. But uh, <laughs> I don't. Know, I saw maybe my role. As a finance, as a pure finance guy, maybe under a bit of threat, and I want to sort of add to my skill set yeah. and be more front and center, the face of a business, and bringing in new business and you know what that entails. And you know, I think all in all, it'll add to my own personal brand as being a more well-rounded business person. Yeah. 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 So I, I have a question for you, Connor. Mm. You, you've moved into IT sales. Mm. You know, we're now at the sharp end of Q3. Mm. Why did you arrange a podcast? <laughs> <laughs> Management's walking past, clearing us all. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Moving, moving on. on. <laughs> moving on. So where were we? We've, yeah. We we talked about a bit of change. Uh, I suppose a good question would be maybe you know how has change impacted you know the work week? The, what is what we see as our standard work week? You know, for myself and Charlie, it probably hasn't changed that much in that we've always worked with email, something that basically in text message. But now, like, we live in a 24-hour workday, really. All of us here in SAP, we're either on text or WhatsApp, email. Twitter, Facebook. It's a lot of, like, we communicate by all channels at all hours of the day. Yeah. It's not, the contract says nine to half, five. Rarely does it ever say to that. Yeah, yeah. And, and it has changed incredibly. Mm. I mean, it, it, it literally, I wouldn't say it was nine to five, you just work long hours. I think one of the biggest benefits, I always remember the first time when I sort of had a phone with email on, mm. and you're waiting on a Friday night for an order to come in or in the office, and you'd have to stay in or in the office waiting for that, whereas with a phone and you having could, email, you could go out to the pub because all you had to do was process the order. When you came yeah, back. So yeah. it, it has its benefits, but I think one thing I've seen more recently is I think there is an acceptance that it's all becoming too much and I've noticed that people are, are switching off more at weekends. Mm. Um, I think you've got to, you've just got to find yeah. a way to drown out the noise because yeah. when you've got your phone, your iPad, Twitter, everything's pinging, bopping, all hours of the day, you've got to find a way just to switch off mm. at points. Yeah, so, yeah I, think, I think we're sort of learning how to cope with it. Yeah. There is more of an acceptance that you have to have switch off periods and you know you don't have to answer at weekends. Yeah, yeah, but the, all the technologies have just enabled that, but yeah. now we have to just make it behave differently, and yeah, yeah. So it is an interesting one, and I, that is, like, is that something you do? You actively switch off and say, "I'm not answering that," or on a weekend, you know, how how would you do that? Well, I, yeah, I, I don't think you necessarily do, but I think people, you know, 
think twice before contacting someone at the weekend. And, yeah. and we all know there's times when you want to hear from somebody if there's something you should know about. So you'd yeah. rather actually, it's nice to know you're going to get told if there's an issue you've got to resolve. So yeah. it can help you relax. Yeah, and Charlie, what do you do as a generation X, Y, or Z, whatever you are? Hopefully my boss isn't listening. In, but you're in 90s. Are you born in the 90s? Uh, 94, yeah. yeah. Ninety-four. Yeah, I, I think it's just a case of you know I've just I've just got myself a personal phone. Um, but as Graham said, if it's something important you've got to be uh, aware of, then you know mm. yeah, yeah. sometimes you've got to pick up your phone and get on with it over the weekend. And you want to know? Yeah. Uh, okay. And that is yeah, that's one aspect of change, and I suppose that's the what we see as the change factors that impact our daily lives. But like I suppose, how does that then lead on to when we're out and about in different businesses? You know, what changes? You've very little comparison to peg it against Charlie, but you know, maybe it's more of a question for Graham and myself. How does how has the change, the technology, technological change over the last decade or so, impacted the way we do business with the rest of the world? Well, I think you, we've already covered it. You know, mm. you're in communication all the time. Mm. Um, do, do 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 you think people now customers are they buying differently? Are they you know, they're more informed anyway. They're definitely because they've well, done their research. Well, well, that's you know one of the things that we were, would be discussing is you know how procurement, how how IT has changed, and I think that's probably the the biggest change that I've seen is that when I started out, there were loads of different computer manufacturers, different operating systems, with a finance system and a mm. payroll for each. So there were lots of niches to make lots of money, lots of profit. Mm. Those have all been disappearing over time. Yeah. But people couldn't research very easily mm. now. You know, people buying, they'll go on the internet, they'll see what Gartner recommends, they'll they'll be, they'll be well along the decision process before mm. they contact you if you're not already speaking to them. So the customers are a lot more well informed. Yeah. And they've also got a market which is, you know, saturated. 10, 15 years ago, there were, you know, a few big tech companies, some startups rolling through. But nowadays, you know, you've got hundreds and thousands of startups that all do different things in these areas and they do it really well. So you've got to find a way to get your message through that noise to the right person ultimately. Yeah, no, that's a good point. Uh, I'd just like to say at this point to our audience, again, thanks very much for joining. But And if you have any questions, you can use the On24 platform, there's a Q&A box for you guys there to drop, type in any question you like. We'll be taking questions in about five minutes' time. So anything you have, either related to the conversation or not, related to SAP, related to... ERP related to anything IT, please just drop us a question and we'll be happy to answer it. I suppose, yeah, that's the other thing I was going to say. You know, over the years, IT has sort of always promised to solve the business problem, no matter what it is, and take new technology and we'll make your business a proactive business, not a reactive business. And I, I assume the message has always pretty much been the same over the years, no matter when the first finance system, the first whatever, it's, it's going to take a pain point away from your business, automate it to a degree, so you'll have time to focus. And how has that changed? You know, we're, we're still saying the same stuff today. So what's changed other than the, the level of automation and level of intelligence within the system? So is, I, I'm, I'm probably the wrong person to, to be jumping at this point, but you know, I think in the past it was just about driving efficiency and cost reduction. Nowadays, businesses are looking for a lot more than just those benefits. So it's all mm. about 
what can you do to help prepare my business to be adaptable with market changes, to take advantage um, and to disrupt. And you know, it's all about building platforms for innovation that allow these businesses to start to be more agile and flexible. Um, you know, I've just tracked a lot of buzzwords in there. Agile, flexible, platforms for innovation. All of them, all of the above. <laughs> but, but you are qualified to speak because a lot of this disruption has happened in your lifetime, you know, a lot of businesses. And I think that's one of the drivers for us is that our customers, everybody has to look at, you know, what could be disrupted. They, you know, their business model might be extinct in 10 years' time. So everybody mm. has to look at that and try and be part of the journey, really. And what, and businesses weren't concerned about that 20 years ago? Not, no, not. But it was, then you had normal competition. You had somebody come in who might have a better product or a cheaper or mm. better distribution, etc. Now it's completely different mm. models. You know. But then when someone did come in with a better product, what was technology offering for well, the, technology the, was, the user to actually match and better the competitor? Yeah, it was, it was around providing a you know, better service, better product, cheaper price, mm. simplification. Yeah. But I think I think one of the big drivers now as well is that people have had a number of iterations of finance systems or lots of different systems, and people just want to simplify. Again, going back, I remember a, sort of a CIO, or they were called IT directors then, sort of saying, in those days, you could know everything about the computer you're working on, you could program it in assembler code, you could know about all the applications, the databases. Now it's just too much, and there's too yeah. much complexity. And, and I think simplification, how you can help people simplify it, What's your thoughts, Connor? Yeah, I, I don't know. I agree with you, Charlie, in that it's it's gone beyond just uh, automating a certain aspect of the of the back office or something, and it's more you know to reduce costs or to make life easier to free up more time. But it's generally the same message, and it's until businesses really adapt that platform mindset in that we can build another revenue stream ourselves. Think of it, test it, deploy it quickly. A digital business, you know, you might be a traditional, you might make tables and chairs, but someone in the in the company has an idea to make do some sort of digital element to that. I don't know what it might be, but making I don't know design three D yeah. printing or something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Something like that. Three D and but a, a traditional business to have the mindset of okay, let's test that, make it cost effective enough for them to do it and simple enough for them to actually generate that sort of business model totally different to what they were traditionally doing that's I think really where it has to go and it should be going yeah one of the things that we hear about a lot is about artificial intelligence and people sort of losing sort of jobs yeah. and things you know what's your views on that Charlie uh, I think it's you know it's a particularly hot topic um, uh, and you know, I think it's 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 inevitable in the world where we're trying to automate as much as possible. Um, but in in the same time, more jobs are appearing in the way that people are changing their business models. Um, you know, it means there's more room for innovation, so people can take on more innovative roles yeah, yeah. rather than traditional back office roles. And that's the people's roles won't be. You won't be just the finance person. You'll be if you if your company has one of these open platforms that you can test, build business models and quick ramp up little digital business on. You could be the finance guy or the marketing person or the production guy, have an idea, be able to develop something yourself on these tools. They're sort of drag and drop tools to build these apps. And you don't need to be oh, the IT programmer to make to test this. And you know, I think that's people's roles are gonna change 
to be more broader and open, more de delineated from just finance One marketing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. What, would you agree? Well, just, well, no, absolutely. You know, you sort of again with the, with hindsight, you see factory jobs, you know, lost, but other jobs created. You've yeah. seen typing pools, you know, just don't don't exist anymore. Mm. Um, but people are doing different jobs. Hopefully, the same with artificial intelligence, it will remove the mundane. Yeah, yeah. But uh, one question for you, Clara, is, it, on. is it one of the reasons that you know artificial intelligence might impact or reduce the need for accountants? <laughs> sort of. That's what I said. Hot topic. But again, it's going to impact salespeople as well. Yeah. You know, automated you know, people will go much further down the sales funnel along the buying journey yeah. without the need for human interaction. Yeah. You know, I think a lot of it be automated. Oh, they, what do they say? They only say that certain jobs will not be automated. What do they say? Uh, hairdressing and firemen and... We probably won't need hairdressers for any No, I'll be... <laughs> <laughs> DIY. Yeah. 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 But yeah, I think, yeah, it'll... It'll all sort itself out. It'll be doing different jobs. Yeah. There will be winners, there'll be losers, um, like every revolution, but... And if it does mean that you need less people, we can solve the other problem about the 24-7 working and have three-day weekends. Oh, not that. <laughs> Graham Woolley speaks the truth. <laughs> you heard it here. Right, I'm just... Come on, I'm, I'm, you can be a leader. <laughs> I'm just conscious that we have about three minutes left, and we have one question in here from Winston Chan. I'll take the first question. I think we have a couple more coming in. Uh, Winston Chan. Yeah. So, Winston, thanks very much for your question. Can you please explain why a business would choose cloud ERP over on-prem? Very. That, that's one for you guys. No, Graham. I'd like... I want to hear your perspective. Because yeah. you've, you've, you've dealt with both. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, with, without getting into particulars, you know, we've, we've all... Everybody's experienced long uh, on-premise implementations, getting the hardware, installing it all. And obviously the promise the cloud is that you can sign up, uh, create an account and, and you're up and running. Obviously it's more complicated than that. But I think as people have seen the benefits of cloud applications and how quick they can be up and running, they want the same for all parts of their business. Mm. So it's, you know, I think it looks, sometimes it looks like the industry is pushing it, but I think it's changed to that now the customers are demanding it. So. Yeah. I think probably to, probably to build on top of that, and in line with what we were saying just a second ago, in terms of people having omni-channel roles doing more in the business. It's about freeing up their, their work time rather than doing all the manual stuff that they used to do in spreadsheets and Excel. Mm. It's about automating those processes so they can ultimately be more productive for the business. Yeah. So yeah. That's key. And it's, you know, it makes more business sense in general. You know, obviously myself and Charlie would be slightly biased from that point of view. But, you know, with a cloud subscription, all the costs, you're putting the responsibility of maintaining your ERP system, a big, substantial core element of your enterprise final, enterprise IT system, you're put, placing the responsibility back with the, the software vendor. So the company doesn't have to hire or have a contract with data centers, buy their own infrastructure, have massive maintenance bills, upgrade cycles. You know, the software vendor will provide all that for you as part of the subscription cost. It's using it's IT as a service. Like everything is moving towards the service. Like yeah. your music, you don't consume you don't buy CDs anymore. Yeah. You consume it even on a monthly even Graham doesn't buy CDs. Still on cassettes on the weekend <laughs> I think, I think one thing you mentioned there was just, just around innovation. I think you know this is a really important topic when I'm speaking to customers. 
on-prem innovation cycles, you know, are are huge. And if people yeah. miss them because of customizations, you know, yeah. they end up being years and years behind. We got version lock. Yeah, version lock. And you know, with cloud, they're automatically pushed to you, which means that as a business, you're constantly innovating. Yeah. But you're on the latest software. It's yeah. not a case of oh shit, three years. That's yeah, almost made it. <laughs> three, three, three years down the line, we, we better do an upgrade because we're miles behind. You know, you're always going to be on the latest release, regardless. And yeah, so I hope that's answered your question, Winston. Uh, thanks very much for that. Uh, just very, we basically run out of time now. I'm seeing 10:30 on my clock. Uh, I know my my timer beside me here is a bit slow, but I think we are pretty much there. Uh, Thanks very much to everyone who's joined. Graham, really appreciate you joining the first episode of What We See. Hopefully, it. Thanks for inviting me, Hopefully, I hope uh, our listeners have enjoyed the conversation and we'll try and keep this as a regular, probably not a regular slot on this platform, but on other platforms, if Charlie is up for that and we can find more special guests. I'm up for it. I'm up keep for the conversation going. And if our valued listeners are up for it too. So thank you all. With that, I'd like to sign off and wrap up the first episode of what we see. Thanks, thank you, everyone. Thanks, thank Graham. You.